Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. Even as the landscape in which businesses practice changes, one challenge that will remain consistent is the need for organizations to attract and retain talent. While the face of the workforce changes and we become more diverse and equitable to all, pressures still exist that threaten every organization's ability to maintain dedicated workers. Joining us today to discuss this topic are Eduardo Mata, Vice President of Human Resources at Hytral, and Larry Strayhorn, CEO at KPI. Let's begin with you, Larry. The topic of the day is retention. Please take the floor and share about how you address this challenge. Retention is probably one of the most difficult things that, that we deal with, and it's really been the changing environment of the workforce. Pre-pandemic, we were kind of a remote office environment, so when our company hit the pandemic, it was slid right through it, and it was, you know, okay, we have to wear a mask now. Last year, we combined three companies and did uh, two more acquisitions. Last year, and an additional acquisition this year. And that process has brought together uh, a bunch of different cultures. And those cultures have been either office-based, remote-based, or kind of a hybrid base. And so the challenge has been to balance those three work styles across five different companies and then the sixth company just recently. And so there's a lot of balancing and adjusting for the organization to, uh, to understand why some people are fully remote, some people are hybrid, and some people actually have to come to the office every single day. It's been a real challenge for us and something that we're working on continuously. Eduardo, I'd like to ask you the same question, but from another perspective. How do your retention strategies address why employees leave? You know, may, maybe the better way to, to ask that question or, or, or change the perspective on it is oftentimes we're so focused on turnover and why people leave us, right? And if you start pivoting your approach to the perspective of why people stayed with us, we, we do something called stay interviews now. And so I can assure you that the, the reason people keep a job is completely different to why someone tells you they left. Most of the time, they don't even tell you why they're leaving. And so we expound a lot of energy on something we may never get an honest answer on. But if you focus on why the current employees are staying with us and what makes them happy, I like to refer to, to something I learned not too long ago Professor out of MIT, Edward Schein, uh, talks about this, you know, the eight anchors of what keeps someone at work. And I'm pretty sure that these stay interviews are going to be allowing us to tie back to generationally what's important to different people. And then if we do something strategically, which is the plan, uh, to have a package that appeals to the many and not just a few, that would be the better answer to your question. Focus on retention, not, not turnover. That's a really interesting perspective. Thanks, Eduardo. Larry, we've seen a huge disruption to the traditional workforce model. Now, many employees are able to telework or work from the office part-time in a hybrid model. Do you have any experience with that? Yes, from a demographic perspective, what we're noticing is that people don't like to relocate. And so having a hybrid office environment or a remote office, we've been able to hire people right where they live so that they can focus on their quality of life 
stay where they live and work with us remotely. Uh, we've got some great tools that we use and it's been very successful. We've grown from 125 employees to over 300 employees in just one year. And that strategy has worked extremely well for us. Very insightful, thank you. Well, let's move back to you, Eduardo. Burnout is an issue in the workplace for businesses, but most affected are the workers themselves. What can managers do to reduce impact and increase satisfaction? One of the things that we understand up front is that there are those positions. For example, the folks in our world that are tied specifically to customer service, right? 24-7 support. Um, the way I look at it is they're, they're basically sandwiched between the operations and the end user. And so that has to be a high-stress position at some point. Um, frontline supervision, probably another one. I, I mean, I could go on and on. And then I take some of the positions that like like my own, right, that are maybe high stress for a different reason. And you take all those things and then you get very intentional about how you go about identifying if someone's burnt out. For example, on my first um, example where you're caught between the customer and the operations themselves, we would want to train our managers to be able to identify that. But more specifically, if there's an opportunity for us to rotate, let's say a series of 12 that are located on on a shift as a team, right? And they're, they're creating this 24 seven support and there are outreach to our customer. Um, I think that that manager needs to be able to say, there's this one position in this rotation that once a week or once every two weeks, you're gonna land in that spot. And then that's one way that you kind of give them the mental break they need um, beyond that. That's just one of many examples. I'm trying to give people and, and colleagues uh, a window in, but um, I also don't like to copy one another because it, this is tied to other strategies we have in place. Thank you. And what measures do you take to foster a collaborative and supportive environment? Yeah, so some of the things that we do to collaborate with one another is, is making sure that we create a an open environment, at least amongst operations and, and management that, that says, hey, if there's something going on, we need to know about it, right? I recently heard one of our managers mentioned, hey, we need bad news to travel fast. It's not always bad news, but just an, an issue, right? And so that bubbles those things to the top. So that drives collaboration because we all are kind of wired to, we want to win, right? <clears throat> and so what do we need to do to make this a success? So that's one one example. Um, as far as collaborating um, from the perspective of of building the team, I think we need to keep our teams engaged by showing them that we care not just by telling them, hey, great job, but really being intentional. I can point to probably four or five different folks that I'm currently developing on my team and, and telling them, hey, we're going to go that extra step on, you know, what is it that you see for your future? This is how you want to do it. And then we have a spot for you, right? So that that's a collaborative um, approach. Uh, the other thing we have is uh, we have the ability right now, especially from our leadership perspective, We've got some young up and coming managers that have joined some of the senior leaders to one, show them that they are the future leaders, but it collaborates this openness of trust amongst us to, to be able to talk about difficult issues. Excellent. Can you provide any insights into how you utilize mentorship and leadership development programs to enhance your teams? Yeah, so there's different avenues. Uh, one of the ones that we use here uh, collectively is we identify about two individuals in the organization that are up and comers to 
participate in what we call uh, a leadership development through our Chamber of Commerce. So that's a, a, a very open, intentional window to those individuals and to the organization that we're investing in them, right? Um, then you have the things maybe you don't hear about. Yours truly right now is going through a, a pro program through the Warren School of Business who for my CHRO certification. To get more granular on that, we also involve individuals who are maybe per diem or interim supervisors, right, that are hourly employees that see themselves as a future manager. And we can point to no less than probably 10 individuals right now that have moved off the floor that are currently managers at some part in our organization. And so that it drives a certain level of synergy because we're developing our own. And it goes back to that approach I mentioned at the very beginning about being very um, strategic and managing that internal pipeline, especially for material handling. It is critical that a manager that's tied to the ops or supporting the ops has some opportunity to, to point back to what they learned in the production side of the house and then lead them by example. Great. Thank you. Larry, let's come back to you. From your perspective, what are the most pressing challenges in the workforce right now? Our most pressing need right now is professional knowledge and professional skills. As the industry has grown over time, uh, the amount of resources that are available to us are, are getting tighter and tighter. And so one of the things that we've had to do is to reach into the colleges fairly deeply and establish a very uh, robust internship program. Uh, and it's not just bringing interns in for a season, it's bringing them in, stay in contact with them, involve them throughout their school year so that they'll come back and intern again the second year, involve them again. Uh, we bring them into to our events, we involve them with our town halls uh, and communicate to them on a continuous basis. Creates a little bit of stickiness to the interns and it actually brings them back to us. Problem is you can only intern a, a handful of people at a time and our company has grown over 100% in the last year. So trying to, to add 100% of uh, professionals to our, our staff is very difficult. And so finding the people outside the industry that are interested in coming into the industry has been very challenging. Amazing. Can you share any success stories that came out of the internship program? We interned six people uh, for the last two years, and we've been able to hire five of those interns after they've interned for two complete sessions with us. Uh, and they've, they've come on full bore as, as engineers and, and slid right into positions without a whole lot of training. They, they fit right into the organization. So from a success perspective, that, that continuous connection and continuous communication and continuous involvement helped them just transition from a, a school life or a college life right into to a professional life. Eduardo, I have one more question for you. With the increasing importance of sustainability and ethical practices in supply chains, how do your retention strategies align with these values? I look at more from a practical standpoint. If you put processes and procedures in place, there's the process side of the house that says, hey, HR and everyone has, has taught you exactly what's expected of you, and here's the employee guide. That's the physical manifestation of, of what you want them to understand on how we're going to operate as a business, and more importantly, how you're going to operate as an extension of this business. So that's the bare minimum. Uh, what we do here once a year and sometimes twice a year is we do something called corporate compliance also, 
And so anyone from our team leaders that, that manage folks all the way up to our president, uh, it's not a choice. You have to go through corporate compliance training that HR drives, and uh, this year will be in September. They already know it's coming. And it's a pretty lengthy course of three topics that we have, them, and one of them is ethics and, and how we're going to deal with when, when we're meeting with our suppliers and vendors, but more importantly, how we're going to deal with one another internally. And so when you put those two things together, um, it becomes extremely hard for people to say that it's not important to you, to, for you to operate ethically, right? Thanks again to Eduardo and Larry for joining us today and for their amazing insights. And thanks to you, the audience, for listening to this episode of MHI Cast. To find out more about recruitment and retention, download the 2023 MHI Annual Industry Report. At MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to the next level of success. Thanks for making us part of your professional development journey.